a heat wave. Hello and welcome to the Rope and Report Lasses podcast in association with Her Game 2, the campaign against sexism and misogyny in football and of course Sunderland Community Soup Kitchen. My name is Rich Spate and I'm joined for the second of our Euro 2022 specials by Rope and Report's very own Charlotte Patterson. How are you this evening, Charlotte? Yeah, I'm doing pretty good, thank you. Um, just got back in from um, watching some more non-league uh, pre-season friendly so I've had a good day out in the sun just trying not to get burnt yeah it's beautiful weather for pre for pre-season friendlies isn't it oh, obviously I think we're uh we're um Sunderland men have got Rangers tonight because we're recording on Saturday we're also recording in uh right in the middle of the Portugal versus Switzerland game in the Euros which is currently at 2-0 and it doesn't look like Portugal are going to get back into that one it was 2-0 after five minutes that's been a decent game there's a there's a man there with a drum making a, a great atmosphere from the Portuguese side anyway and um, talking of great atmospheres uh, Wednesday we saw the kickoff of the tournament um, I was there Charlotte but I haven't talked to anyone yet who was watching it on the telly and you were watching it on the telly yeah. like millions of other people around um, around the country were what was it like as a as a kind of a televisual spectacle because all right there was 68,000 of us in the ground but there was a hell of a lot more watching on the telly so what what was it like and the the build up and everything from 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 that side yeah i mean it was just um a, a fantastic event i mean um it fills you with pride really you know watching obviously the the lasses play um and particularly when you know obviously it's our ourselves that host in the event um i can't remember the full announced attendance i think it was something around sixty-eight thousand in old trafford mm-hmm. and it was just incredible to see those scenes obviously like the the camera angles from the the telly was you know panning round to show all these fans um and you know throughout the game when you were watching it you could hear them and the excitement um you could hear the notorious uh england band uh with the drums um what however you view that whether you like it or not but you could hear that throughout and obviously people cheering and you know, whenever we would get forward as well, um, you know, everybody kind of at the edge of the seats and hoping that England were going to have a good chance off. So it was, yeah, it was amazing. I can't imagine what it was like watching it in person, but even just, you know, watching it from home, it was very immersive, sort of felt like I was there as well. Yeah, well, I, you know what? I didn't even know that the England band were there. So they must have been on the other side of the stadium, which is great because um, I'm not a massive fan. Um, I, heard, I heard a muted drum beat at times, but... It was just so loud in there, like like uh, Jen had suggested. Slightly different tone. There was loads of kids, loads of women. Wonderful, like absolutely brilliant. Music was blaring. You know, they had a DJ beforehand. Who not everyone's cup of tea, but I I quite enjoyed it. I thought she was good. The the dancing and the fireworks and, and they they made a real occasion of it. But I think uh, there was there was a really good article in the Times this week. Which started by saying, you know, they didn't make it all about it being women. It was just about this is a, a football tournament that's starting. It's a really big occasion and a really big thing, and it was a celebration. Um, so I thought the atmosphere was amazing um, throughout. So yeah, so we got off at a bit of a, a slow, nervous start once the the game did kick off. A couple of mistakes at the back looked look quite nervy, but then those nerves were settled really. Um, on 16 minutes when Frank Kirby chipped the ball over the defence 
Beth Mead chested it down and uh, Chip Zinsberger in the, the Austrian goal. Um, were you jumping around your front room at that point, Charlotte? Yeah, I mean, it was a, a fantastic goal. I mean, you know, the the skill from Kirby, I mean, you know, a lot of people weren't too sure about her inclusion in the England squad, given the fact that she had, hasn't had a lot of game time with, with Chelsea this season. But, you know, she, she's proved exactly why she's been called up and you know that regardless of of how many minutes that she's played that she still has that incredible talent for you know just creating these amazing opportunities and obviously it was a, a crack and ball through and Mead who you know we know very well from her time at Sutherland has just brilliant composure and skill to just chest the ball down and then yeah the audacity really to sort of chip the keeper particularly you know given the fact that she's a very, you know, strong veteran goalkeeper. She plays for Arsenal, I believe, as Arsenal's mm-hmm. goalkeeper. Um, and I'm sure that she won the Golden Glove this season. So, you know, she's not exactly, you know, a, a goalkeeper that you're going to score many pass. And yet, she, yeah, she just absolutely had the the audacity to do that to um, to her and somebody who's her teammate as well. So, um, yeah, absolutely yeah. brilliant goal in... Um, it set it off well because I, I know that we spoke in the you know in the last podcast episode that we had with Jen you know we were talking about the fact that England have generally started off quite slow in the majority of the games uh, in the build up to this tournament um, and it's usually in the second half that we start to see the attacking prowess and the goals but yeah we got off um, you know it took us a good 10-15 minutes to find our rhythm but that goal really um, sort of kick-started what was for the, to be the rest of the game. Yeah, certainly. Um, it 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 looked for a time after that goal like we would take the game away from them. There was a lovely bit of play down the left hand side. We saw Lauren Hemp get in uh, a really lovely cross. Ellen White, unmarked almost in on on the six yard line, managed to to put the ball over the bar. And I think that was that was a a, a golden opportunity missed by England. And after that. We didn't create too many absolutely clear-cut chances. And I thought Austria were really, really well organised, actually. The, their um, their right-back, uh, uh, Weinrother, had an absolute fantastic game against Hemp. Um, I thought she, she didn't give uh, you know, the England youngster any space at all. Um, and you know, really neutralised her impact uh, England managed to switch their the wingers uh, quite often where Mead and and um, Hemp were were um, alternating from left to right uh, that caused a few issues Mead I thought was great throughout actually I thought her um, although she she came off after 64 minutes um, I thought she her performance was was phenomenal um, it, her, her intelligence and and her kind of pace on the breakaway were 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 fantastic. Uh, what did you think of the setup of England overall? Obviously, we played that um, that formation that'd be quite familiar to some of the men's fans, really, um, and women's fans um, in playing a four-two-three-one formation, which seems increasingly popular in the game. Um, what did you think of that? Um, and, and would you go for the same kind of formation against Norway on Monday? Yeah, I think so. I mean, um, obviously the four two three one is what we've been using um, prior to the tournament starting when we were playing our games um, against the likes of Switzerland and Netherlands. And I just think it, it not only kind of sure things up at the back by having somebody who can drop into defence, um, but by having sort of, you know... Um, you've got your two wingers you've got somebody just sitting in 
behind the striker um, and then going up, you've, you've got four people in attack, in essence, really. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, that was clear to see throughout the game. As, as much as, yes, we didn't get um, create too many chances, we were constantly coming forward. You know, we were dominating in terms of possession. Um, again, we were looking to create things out on that left side. And, like, what you touched on, obviously, they did do very well at sort of keeping Lauren Hemp at bay because, you know, we sung her praises on the last episode of as to how good she's been in the lead-up. But... You know they've they've got that um sort of skill set to be able to sort of switch um the wingers over from you know the left to the right like you said with Bede, Mead coming across and I know at times Kirby came out onto the the left as well just to provide that additional width um because mm-hmm. they didn't really want to play it centrally it was all through the wings and you know there were so many crosses into the box and there was plenty of opportunities maybe not necessarily clear cut but lots of opportunities where they went in the box and it was just you know. Uh, you know, like you said, uh, glancing headers over the post or just things going slightly wide. But you could see that the creation was there and the intent was there. Um, and I think, um, you know, it it for a little while it did sort of stagnate at the at the start of the second half. But obviously, um, we made those substitute changes with the likes of Russell, Toon, and Kelly coming on, who we you know we highlighted last week that. Um, they're absolutely fantastic coming off of the um off the bench and you know they added some you know energy into the game um and you know uh, I think it was Russell Ortoon who had a really really good chance um where the ball fell away but it just seemed to just trickle past the post so it's encouraging mm-hmm. signs definitely particularly with the the difficult game that we will have against Norway coming up. Yeah, I mean Norway got their campaign off to a, a really good start. Um, on Thursday against Northern Ireland, um, it was a, a, a really good game overall. They they went two nil up quite quickly uh, with goals from uh, Blackstad and and, and Marnham. Um, before Hansen got a penalty and uh, Nelson pulled pulled one back for for Northern Ireland, but then Wrighton um, scored a, a a nice curling free kick on on fifty four minutes. Um, so there's a couple of ex-Sunderland players in this one, obviously Rachel Furness, um, who plays for Liverpool, and Durham's Sarah Robson, or Sarah McFadden, as she goes by for, for Northern Ireland, um, where she uses her maiden name. What did you think of, of that all round? Did did you get to watch that one, or is that, that one you've just seen highlights? Um, no, I, I managed to watch that game, and um, I think straight from the off, you know, um, Norway were just absolutely fantastic. I think I'd put in our group chat, I couldn't quite tell if Norway were just really brilliant or at that point, yeah. um, you know, Northern Ireland were quite poor. Obviously, you know, it, it's the first ever time in the Euros and they're coming up against a side that's very, very experienced. You know, the, the calibre of players that Norway have, it was always going to be a tough test. You know, obviously things didn't get off to the greatest of starts, but I think particularly in the second half, Northern Ireland got their goal back. But not only that, I thought they started to come into the game um, and start to settle obviously they start to find the rhythm and being able to sort of well compete really with Norway but I think obviously it was just through that first half because I was I can't remember quite ex- exactly but I'm sure it was 3-0 heading into half time so you know they had a, a mountain to climb really in terms of getting back into the game but I certainly don't think that the um you know, particularly in the second half, they give a good account of themselves considering, again, you know, this is their first ever time competing in the Euros and it was a really thoroughly entertaining game and I thought the likes of Wrighton and, and Graham Hansen was absolutely fantastic for Norway, just utterly sublime. They're definitely um, threats uh, in this upcoming match that we're going to have to really watch and really sort of try and stamp them out of the game, otherwise they are going to cause us yeah. trouble because... 
as much as it wasn't our you know England weren't necessarily tested too much by Austria we know that we have had defensive lapses at the back at times just maybe trying to play things a bit too cute where you know um we get possession back um just outside of our box and at that point it's just you just need to clear your lines you know it's the most basic yeah. of stuff but so I think you know we we really need to sort of play with confidence and be smart about what we do because it's silly little mistakes is what's going to cost us and I mean Norway have got the the strength and the power and the speed and the agility of their players to absolutely punish that um so yeah, yeah. it'll be certainly an interesting uh game next week uh, well the next coming days yeah I mean it's 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 gonna it's on Monday eight o'clock uh on BBC one it's going to be a hell of a game of football um I'm really really excited for it uh, there's a there's a school of thought which says it's likely to end in a draw, but I think um, given uh, given how well Northern Ireland played, actually, and given that they're going to build through the tournament, build through the next two games, uh, we've got to face them in the last in the last game, and I think we should be going all out for a win against Norway to secure that first spot in the in the um, in the Group A that we were in, uh, which will mean that we come up against. The second place team in Group B, um, and Group B was played. The first round of games was played on Friday, and wow, what a what a um, what a day of football! Particularly that uh, that that headline game of the day down in Brentford um, between Denmark and Germany, uh, which I think was was the game of the tournament clearly so far, and the performance of the tournament. I mean, Germany Germany turned up. They've been almost written off. I know I called them to go in the semi-finals because I thought they might turn up, and boy, did they turn up! It was it was phenomenal, wasn't it? Uh, it was an absolutely brilliant game. Um, I mean, just straight from the off, and I mean, Denmark aren't you know uh, exactly a side that are a pushover. So for no. the scoreline to be four nil really shocked me because I, I thought you know that it would be a little bit more balanced. That I thought it would be more sort of end-to-end in terms of both of them having chances, but Germany were just absolutely dominant. I mean, there's a reason why they've won the Euros eight times. Um, And you know what? I I think that there's somebody who, I don't want to say necessarily underrated, but I don't think enough people have sort of talked about them or given them credit enough for the the side that they are. You know, I think a lot of us have obviously focused on England and Sweden and Spain, um, but, you know, Germany's just you know quietly confident in their abilities and they were just absolutely ruthless in their attack. I mean, yeah, um, I'm hoping almost that they finish top of the group so that we won't, you know, draw them. Well, yeah, <laughs> they they were relentless, is how I saw it. They would just didn't let Denmark get out. Obviously, you know, Denmark would be disappointed. I think Harder looked really frustrated with the the, the players behind her in to a large extent, and ended up having to drop quite deep just to get a touch of the ball. But they were absolutely fantastic, and I have to say, um, Magul, uh, the the first goal scorer. She looks, she looks one hell of a, one hell of a player with unbelievable technique, really powerful and 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 dangerous. And you know when she strikes a ball, it it stays struck. Um, that first goal was a was a great one. But overall, I just thought they were so impressive. Um, you know, if it ends up being an England Germany final at Wembley on the thirty first of of uh, July, how how big a game will that be? That'll be. Absolutely, you, you've got a terrified look on your face, though. Yeah, as I it fills that. me with uh, apprehension, really. <laughs> but it would certainly be a very good game for neutrals. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it would be. It would be fantastic. Um, 
And the other game in that group was a pretty routine in the end. 4-1 win for um, for Spain against Finland at MK Don Stadium at Stadium MK. And our, um, our intrepid reporter from Milton Keynes, Brett, took his girls and his wife along to Stadium MK to watch um, what turned out to be a, a, a game with five goals in it. So let's hear from Brett in his audio diary now. So, I've got a couple of little, uh, little buddies with me today. So, what's your name? Chloe. And I'm also with? Millie. So, I'm with Chloe and Millie, my two daughters. So then, girls, are you looking forward to the match? Yeah. Yes. And who do you think is going to win? Spain or Finland? Who do we think? Spain. Ah, so, Chloe's gone for Spain. Millie's gone for the underdogs, Finland. So, uh, yeah, let's see what happens. But we're looking very forward to it. The sun is shining. It's absolutely gorgeous. And, um, yeah, like, um, I'll catch up with you at full time. It's a heat wave. Hi, Brett again. So, we've just got back um, from Brazil, the match. Uh, Spain 4 Finland won. What a great game that was to watch. It was really, really good. We were actually sat just behind, like next to where the Finnish fans were um, with their megaphone and their drums. So I'm not really one to, uh, to praise such things, but we made for an absolutely cracking atmosphere today. So then, um, as I said previously, I'm with, uh, I'm with my daughters, Millie and Chloe. Mm. Millie, so what was your favourite part of today then? Um, probably when Finland scored their first goal. Yeah, this took everybody by surprise. So, obviously, Finland were the massive underdogs for today's game. Um, I think some places are about 20 to 1 to um, to win. But, yeah, for them to score in like the first sort of... I think it was about a minute and 30 seconds, breakaway goal. Um, and they say the, the Finnish fans absolutely loved it. Um, that was great fun. Um, also, when we were there, obviously, we were, just, as I said, we were right next to the Finnish fans. So, we were trying to join in with some of the songs now. The big problem is... Our finish isn't brilliant, to be fair. Um, Chloe, me and you were singing there. What was your uh, what was your favourite song that the Finns were singing? Hot dog belly. Hot dog belly. Now apparently that was one of the chants they were singing. Well, we were singing it. We chance that we were wrong on that, but it was really good though. So unfortunately, I say we were sort of wanting the underdogs to win. Um, so unfortunately, they did lose four one. Hopefully, they'll get something on Tuesday night um, when they play against Denmark again over here in Milton Keynes. But for a very, my very first game going to watch um, women's football, I was really, really impressed. Really, really good game. Um, it was a real shame to say that the Finnish players, they, were, they weren't as good as Spain. They gave everything they got, but they were literally blowing fumes by the end of it. Um, but yeah, we'll look, look forward to uh, Tuesday night's game. Bye! It was lovely to hear um, Brett's audio diary once again. It's lovely to hear from his girls as well. Um, it was nice that they both picked different sides and it must have been very exciting when Finland scored that that first goal within a minute. Everyone was shocked. I was shocked. But then Spain really showed their, their class in the end, didn't they, Charlotte? Yeah, absolutely. Um, unfortunately, I missed the first half of the game um, with it having that early kickoff. I'd only just gotten yeah. in from work when it was half time, but I was surprised when you know I was looking at the highlights to find out, yeah, that Finland were the ones that actually took the took the lead um but yeah I think you know um it was that wake-up call that Spain needed really and yeah. you know after that they were just uh, um similarly sort of Germany they just became ruthless um particularly in the second half obviously they were dominating I did think that Finland gave a good account for themselves it's just unfortunate really that the keeper I would maybe say didn't have the best of games um because three of the four goals that Spain scored were all from headers and I thought that a lot of them could have been dealt with better 
Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, there was absolutely nothing that the keeper could have done for the fourth goal, which was a, a penalty, because um, it was absolutely sublime. There was nothing, no goalkeeper is saving that when it was just in the top corner, perfect as you like. Um, nobody's saving that. But um, yeah, it, it's one because I know that, um, you know, myself included, I was a bit unsure about sort of Spain heading, um, how they were performing before the tournament. And then obviously with the news that um, Alexi was going to be out um, due to injury. It, it, we were sort of thinking, well, you know, where's that sort of, you know, there were a lot of talented players within the Spain side, but, you know, she obviously is that creative spark for them. So we were wondering whether they would be feeling it a little bit more, but, you know, they've shown that they can do that, um, you know, without her in the side. And it was a, a thorough, yet another thoroughly entertaining game. Yeah, it was. And um, I think it set a record as well for the for the highest attendance from a non-host uh, country game at the Women's Euros, uh, which is fantastic. And it's good to see the people of uh, Milton Keynes and the surrounding areas uh, really getting involved, as they were at, at Brentford as well for the for the Germany-Denmark game. And, I mean, everyone's been thoroughly entertained. I've just, just counted up. I think there's been 17 goals scored so far because it's still 2-0 to Switzerland uh, after 56 minutes as we speak. 17 goals in, in five games, which is, is a decent return by anyone's standards. Long may that continue during the tournament. Now, back here uh, in the northeast, um, there's been some goings on. We've had the, the fixtures announced for the FA Barclays Women's Championship season, which Sunderland AFC women will be taking part in from from August through till the end of April next year. And we've been handed the, 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 the prize fixture first up. Charlotte, you're, you, you, you'll be pleased that you don't have to go very far from Durham to Durham to watch Sunderland against Durham on the 21st of, of August um, at Maiden Castle. Tickets are on sale now. Um, have you got your ticket yet? Yes, I uh, purchased them yesterday because... Uh... I missed out last time because obviously um the tickets at the um for Durham at home playing against Sutherland at the end of uh, last season they sold out very very quickly yeah. um and I didn't get my hands on them and I missed out so I was making sure that I definitely didn't this time. Yeah, well, well, well I, I'm going to be away. I'm 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 on holiday, uh, so I won't be able to get to that. But we'll we'll try and work with the club and and get you handing out the flags this time to the Sutherland fans there, and we'll c- try and create um the atmosphere. That, that we had at Maiden Castle last time and hopefully the performance will, will be a significant improvement on uh, our last two results against Durham last season. Um, I think it's going to be really interesting because obviously they've gone full-time. We've added two of their players who, who weren't weren't um, up for going full-time uh, in Abbey Holmes and, and Nicky Gears into our squad and I think it just adds another layer of spice, another layer of uh, intrigue to uh, another Riverway derby. So I'm absolutely buzzing to to follow along that. Um, hopefully there'll, there'll there'll be some coverage of it. And then I think our our first home game is 11:30 the next week, next the next Sunday against Birmingham, so which suggests it may be some TV coverage. So we'll we'll have to watch out for that. Um, the other thing that the club has announced um, is that this Monday, this coming Monday, which will be the 11th of July, when England are playing Norway in the Euros, before that, Sunderland AFC ladies are going to be holding an open training session down on Seaburn Beach, which is going to be absolutely fantastic. 
Um, we're really looking forward to that. And our aunt's going to be going down to that. Any chance you'll be able to get to that, Charlotte? Um, remind me what time the training starts it's again. Quarter, well, it's quarter past six on uh, Seaburn Beach. Well, you know, because um, I work in sort of Jarrow South Shields area and mm-hmm. I, I finish work at five o'clock on Monday. So I might oh. just pop on over. I'll probably go home if I'm honest to watch the match after. But I'll certainly yep. go along to the training session. I'm sure it'll be a great time um, and great to yeah. see the lasses in action again because it feels like it's been so long, but it hasn't really. <laughs> it hasn't really, but um, you know, it couldn't be a better time. There's a heat wave coming in. It's already pretty hot out there. And after the training, only a short session, but kids are going to be able to get involved in the session as well, which is great. They're going to have a kick around with some of the players. They're going to be going over to the stack, the, the restaurant bar place with the big screen in the middle of it, uh, which is it in Seaburn, and going to be doing a meet and greet with fans there and then watching the England Lionesses on the big screen in stack. And there's obviously all the food and drink and all the bars uh, that are going to be open there. Our aunt's going to go down. He's going to have a, a hopefully have a chat with some of the players and maybe uh, grab a word with with Mel as well. And we'll be able to bring you that in our next um, Euros update. But it's it's a great initiative, isn't it? It's it's it. The aim. I, th- I spoke to Chris Waters yesterday, and uh, he told me really this is about getting people who might not be season card holders at Stage of Light to buy a Appleton season card maybe young families buy Appleton season cards it's really affordable do you think what what do you think of this kind of initiative shot for kind of campaigning to get more people to get down to Appleton this season yeah I think we've touched on it um for quite some time whether it was on our Twitter spaces or in previous podcast episodes but we've always talked about sort of what Sunderland can do in terms of marketing itself a little bit better or having that community outreach and um you know we we need to hit certain demographics and I think you know given the sort of current hype um, and enjoyment that people are having with the Euros being on, this is the perfect opportunity really for Sutherland to start bringing in those fans who may have just started watching football in the last couple of days and watching England and sort of, um, you know, putting together the fact that, you know, a lot of the stars that play for England have come from Sunderland or have played for Sunderland at some point and being able to, you know, watch these future stars. I mean, we touched on the last episode that we've got the likes of Neve Heron, who represents England uh, under-19s, and we've got Libby McGuinness, who's uh, um, the under-18s for England, and, and Grace Eid um, for the under-17s. So, you know, we've got our own sort of um, prethler of talent coming through, um, and that's you know a great um sort of thing for these kids to see who are going to these open training sessions. As not only am I playing with these incredible uh, footballers, but there's the potential here that I could potentially be playing football with someone who's going to be you know I'm going to be watching on telly in the future playing for England. Um, and yep. you know as well as obviously the training session itself, I just think it's like a good way of having almost kind of that casual downtime really with fans you know by um going over to the stack and watching the football and having the opportunity for like meet and greets um because it's it's nice really to see sort of footballers outside of that environment of, of playing on like match days and again it just helps sort of kids and fans be able to to relate to them that little bit more um so i certainly Definitely. think the with the, the Euros tournament on, this, this couldn't have been a more perfect time. And, you know, I hope it's something that, obviously, I understand it's not something they could do all the time. But, you know, um, it maybe for the future, uh, particularly over these, you know, hot summer months, might well be worth, you know, looking at it and, you know, judging the success of how this first one goes to see if, 
yeah you know what we got um, a good turnout so maybe let's do it again um maybe yeah. if uh, england make it to the final you know oh yeah and the sun's still shining that would be fantastic that would be really really good and um you know and you know maybe you know they could do collaborations with the council maybe create a, a bit of more of a kind of a fan park down there if we do make it to the final and, and make this a really uh, great summer for 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 women's football um, and football overall because you know uh, loads of people are getting into it who've who've never really um, had the chance to watch women's football and and, and that's fantastic as well uh, something something that we we love to see so um we're just we're gonna leave it there um, we're going to hopefully get back and watch uh, the end of tonight's game. It's 2-2 two, two now. Oh, it's 2-2. Two, two. It's gone 2-2. Two, two. Yeah. I've got 2-1 here. I've got 2-1 on mine, so it's gone 2-2. Two, two. They, they've got back into it, so this is going to be a great uh, final half hour of this game. And so we better get back and watch <laughs> Portugal against Switzerland then uh, before tonight's really big one, which is the Netherlands against Sweden. So, you know, you've got Olympic silver medalists against uh, the the reigning European champions that's that's a delicious uh, prospect we've got there so loads of football so we'll be back later on this week after the Lionesses game to uh, pick over that one and look forward to the game against Northern Ireland so thanks a lot Charlotte for coming along this afternoon no problem thank you very much for having me on and we'll speak to you all soon. Sarah.